welcome. I am so glad you're here. I'm your host, Meg Berryman, and you are listening to the Beyond Being Well podcast, a show dedicated to helping women leaders like you take your wellness journey to your wholeness journey and beyond. Join me as we explore relationships, work, money, health, and purpose, and interview the best of the best in women's empowerment so that you can love deeply, expand fully, and contribute to a better tomorrow. So let's get cozy, settle in, and dive straight into the magic. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. It's been a while. I've been missing you all and missing this platform, and I'm so excited about the podcast returning later in the year. But in the meantime, I wanted to pop in and share the audio from a live training that I did this week um, called Beyond Burnout for Parents. And it's really interesting because I started doing this work in holistic well-being um, and women's empowerment from the perspective of burnout. And I'm really feeling with the state of the world at the moment called to come back and cycle back to this wisdom um, because I really believe that how we respond to the nudges and symptoms of burnout has the capacity to change the world as well as change our perspective. So this masterclass um, was a beautiful opportunity to inquire about some of the beliefs and perspectives that we've inherited around motherhood and to really think about how they're affecting our day-to-day realities. And so we talk about mum guilt and we talk about shame and we talk about some of the different ways that burnout manifests as well as the causes of it from my perspective in working with hundreds of women on this. So I think you're going to really love it. It's uh, weird to listen to a training um, via podcast. So stick with it. The lines of inquiry are there and enjoy. I also wanted to share that um, this coming Tuesday, that's the 8th of October, my Parenting with Purpose immersion is getting underway and that's eight weeks of emails with audio masterclasses and guest mentor lectures um, around really learning to value ourselves as parents, learning to find more purpose and pleasure and presence in that role and I would love you to be part of it. So basically every week you'll get an email with um, the week's audio, which will be like 30 to 40 minutes max and some journaling prompts if you want to dive deeper. There's also an opportunity to work one-on-one with me during that immersion to really um, do that deeper work and change yourself on a cellular and somatic level and there's still a couple of places left so you can send me an email meg at megberryman.com or go to megberryman.com to learn more about it but you want to get in quick because the doors are closing and it's going to be beautiful I said in the email that I sent out about it that sometimes we don't invest in courses because we think that doing so means that we're failing on some level means that if we need help, then we're not doing it right or there must be something wrong with us. And I call BS on that because particularly in parenting and as mothers, it's not the intention of this course to change 
you as a mother or to change your child's behavior. The intention is really to help you see how much you're already showing up, the gifts that you're already bringing to help you really let go of the comparison and come back to your own body, regulate your own nervous system and really lean into and amplify what's working well. I think that when we do that, when we come from this place of sufficiency rather than scarcity, we really, really completely change the whole game for our own selves, for our kids, but also the world more broadly. So invest in this program not because you want to fix yourself, because there's nothing wrong with the way you're showing up. Invest in the program because you believe that what you're doing is important and it deserves resourcing. Just like if you were doing a job and you had some PD, you would invest in that to help you to feel more supported in that role. So makeberryman.com for the details. Let's dive into this free training. Do is press record and we can get started. Dive on in. Okay. So let's go into this. Okay. Here we are. So what I'm going to do is um, start the same way that I start every call or every um, group that I'm running or any training, and that's just to really invite you to settle into your body and to close down your eyes or lower your gaze if you can. And we're going to start just by taking three really deep breaths. So we're going to inhale through the nose. And exhaling out the mouth. Once more, we're going to inhale through the nose. And exhaling out the mouth. Starting to really come into your body. Starting to maybe just roll your shoulders up and back and down. Opening your chest and just letting go of the day. I like to roll one shoulder and then the other one. And taking some neck rolls. <sighs> Stretching your arms out right out to the side. Rolling your wrists around. And back the other way. And what we're doing is just opening our bodies to be receptive to the information that we're going to be sharing tonight. I so value each of you being here, inhaling the arms up overhead, stretching right out of your waist. <sighs> Beautiful. And what I'd like you to do is just settling into your body, keeping your eyes closed or lowered, just finding the centre point of your body, so the point maybe your navel or just below. And as you exhale, just letting the energy drop down into your hips, letting your whole body start to relax, start to sink down. We're switching out of the fight or flight response and into the rest and digest state, just inviting our bodies to really feel safe and supported. 
So bringing your focus to the point where your buttocks or your lower body is touching the ground, touching the bed or the pillow or the couch or the chair. And then sending out those tree roots from the lower spine right down into the earth as if you were sinking and your whole lower body is being pulled into, right down into the earth as if the warm soil is starting to come up and allow your whole lower body to just be taken into the ground, really grounded, really connected, tree roots deepening, widening and stretching out beautiful just felt the energy shift with you all so we're each going to take one more inhale through the nose exhaling out the mouth coming back to opening your eyes let's dive straight in to the content so Burnout is something that I talk a lot about and it's something I'm super passionate about because I've burnt out not once, not twice, but three times. I've cycled around the symptoms of burnout. I've felt what it's like in my body to feel like I've got nothing left, that I can't keep going this way, I can't keep doing it this way. And each time I've cycled back, I've gathered more and more wisdom But the reason why I really wanted to apply this wisdom to parenting is because I'm at this point in my own journey and in the work that I'm doing in the world where I'm seeing so much the profound effects of um, the way that our culture is socialising mothers and is teaching us about the ways of being that seem appropriate. And I'm seeing so clearly the interrelationship between the way that we're treating our mothers and ourselves, the way we're internalising that culture and, and blaming and shaming ourselves and also reflected, reflected in the broader ecology of what's going on in the world right now. I'm seeing really clearly that the way that we're treating mothers has a direct relationship with the way that we're treating the mother earth. And I really believe without a shadow of doubt that to respond to burnout with curiosity and with compassion and to work through the symptoms of burnout, not as another reason to shame ourselves, but as this beautiful opportunity to build back better is not only going to set ourselves up for more pleasure and purpose and presence, but it's going to really fundamentally shift the world in a positive direction. And I know that as socially conscious mums, that's something that's really important to you. So often what I hear is I really want to be contributing more, I really want to be in service, but like I'm drowning. How could I possibly do any more than what's been asked of me right now? because I just don't have anything left to give. And that language is something that I'm so familiar with. It's such a pattern in my psyche. Um, And tonight I'm going to unpack for you why burnout happens, what it feels like, really why it's not your fault or our fault, and then how we can start to unpick and unlearn some of what we've come to understand makes good mothers 
um, so that we can look at our contribution um, more broadly as something that just innately comes from our capacity to resource ourselves and take care of ourselves. And I'm going to really closely and strongly make that link because sometimes I think that what motivates us is something outside of ourselves. And if I can show you a way to build back better from burnout um, in a way that really centres your nourishment, um, I'm going to show you how that applies to the nourishment of others and the, the community, the global community and the earth that we're living on as well. So I wanted to share and be really real with you about why um, motherhood has been such a tremendous baptism of fire for myself. I um, had my first child about, I conceived her about, eight, uh, what's the time frame, probably 18, to t- 18 months to two years after I'd first burnt out and quit my job and um, completely reoriented my whole life in response to that burnout. And so my first daughter was very much um, her neurology, her DNA was still kind of in a pattern of scarcity. And so um, she came along and I really hadn't like I, I had this really romanticised notion of what motherhood would be and then I had this child that just didn't sleep and was super clingy, like a koala child, super sensitive and um, she mirrored all the uncomfortable parts of myself back at me, all the parts that had been shamed as a child. You're too sensitive, you're too needy, you're too... Um, you, you, you're not, you don't conform. And I had this baby mirroring all of the parts of me that had been shamed. And so my entry into motherhood was one of sleep deprivation, exhaustion, but really to the depths of postpartum rage and anxiety. And I'm not talking rage like when you just get a little bit angry. If any of you can relate, and and please feel free to share in the comments of like the whole body hijack, right, the amygdala in the brain being completely hijacked and I was unable to process what was happening and I would have to put the child down, put put my daughter down and, and leave the room or give her to my husband and just shake with rage. And I was so ashamed of that rage I was so confused and I just didn't understand how someone that had done all this work on myself could be facing the intensity of emotion that I the only other time I'd felt it was in my teenage years um and so the journey to work with that rage was what led me back to therapy and I um, really learned how to sit with emotion and understand that underneath rage was actually a whole lot of fear, a whole lot of fear about not being a good mum, a whole lot of fear about um, the fact that my daughter um, needed me beyond what I could give her, so much fear around how I was being perceived by my family and others. And once I had someone holding space for me to just start to unpack that, the rage dissipated because it was like taking the pressure cooker or taking the lid off the pressure cooker. There was just a release. There was a light shone on the shame and 
I realized how much I was perpetuating the rage because I was um, repressing it and I was keeping everything bottled up inside and trying to be the perfect one. And so I really, um, through the journey of mothering her and then now my second daughter, um, I've really come to have great reverence for feelings and really understood how within my first family there wasn't a lot of space held for those feelings. There wasn't a lot of um, room given to listen to them. And so I think my journey through parenting has has really taught me the importance of um, fundamentally, first and foremost, just providing a safe and, and compassionate place to just speak whatever it is that's coming up for me, even if it seems bad or even if it sounds like I'm a bad mum. And recently, I think you would have, some of you would have known that I've been diagnosed with a prolapse and so there's been this whole new journey around that of um, learning to work with my body differently as a mum and not push it beyond what its limits are. Um, and the, 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 the biggest thing I think that I'm here to tell you tonight is the message when I was tuning into what would be really important to impart was just the lesson or the understanding that you're not alone, that, um, that these things are really hard, that this job is really fucking hard and that whatever it is that you're experiencing by way of symptoms or anything else right now, that um, it's there's nothing to be ashamed of and that you're completely not alone even if you feel like you are. And I'm going to share more about um, what it is that are some of the structural drivers to that. But I wanted to... Um, just pause here and ask you to share in the chat box um, just a little bit about your family so I can get a feeling of where you're at. Um, can you share your, the age of your children um, and maybe a transition that you're currently navigating at home, whether that's kids going to school, kinder, maybe a transition around your own body, um, just, yeah, ages of your children, where you're at personally. I just really love to bring your energy into this space because what I find is trainings where you're passive and you're not here, um, then it's harder for me to really connect with the essence of what's going on and all of the trainings in the school, Sarah will know, are really about being co-created. And so together we've joined um, forces tonight and those listening at home as well, um, we've joined to co-create this experience. So I would just love to hear from you how old your kids are and any transitions. Wendy, I see you raise your hand. Do you want to speak rather than type into the chat box? If so, you feel free to take um, yourself off mute and I'm really happy to hear from you. But otherwise, um, those of you who would like to share, please feel free to share in the chat box. So my children are three and ten months. <laughs> no worries, Wendy. I'm, I appreciated you raising your hand because now I can feel you in the space. So thank you. Um, yeah, my, my children are three and you're nearly four and one, nearly one. And... Um, Yes. So, Sarah, you've got very needy two-year-old Nellie. We both share a Nell. Um, Clancy, 
and a very full full on Annabelle. Thank you for bringing their energies into their space too. It's really nice to feel them. Um, thank you. I love that you're naming naming them. Thank you. Oh, Lauren, it's you, Lauren. Hello. Really lovely to feel you on the call. So, Wendy, you're saying your kids are five and two. Sid and Josie. Lauren, you've got four and 16 months. Old boys working four days a week. Big identity crisis. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing because that's exactly what we're going to talk about tonight. Thank you for bringing that, holding that energy for us tonight. Hey, Meg, you've got an 18-month toddler and the last six months of your PhD. You're so nearly there. I'm celebrating you. I know it's like such a big push at the end, but I believe in you. And Lauren, you're saying your boys are Hugh and Archer. Beautiful. Okay, so most of our kids are under five, which is really good for me to have a reference point. And thank you for being visible and sharing. (laughs) Wendy, you're lying down in your boys' room. I'm in my bed. So if you can't see, I do my calls in my bed now because I can't sit comfortably on chairs. Thanks, motherhood, (laughs) for that. Okay. So I wanted to um, just quickly um, just check that I touched on everything that um, I wanted to. Okay. So what I really learned through my motherhood journey is, number one, it's okay to have emotions. Number two, it's okay to ask for help. Number three, you're doing a good job. And number four, what you're doing matters. And I think they're the four things that we're going to keep circling back to tonight. Um, I love that you guys are sharing away. Uh, yes. Sarah, keeping a lid on it is we're going we're gonna to unleash that lid a little bit tonight. Okay. So what is burnout and where does it come from? I'd love to hear in the comments what burnout feels like to you because everyone has a slightly different um, set of understandings around it. So I would love to hear what are some of the symptoms that you're experiencing that you might term burnout? What are some of the things that are flagging to you? Hey, something needs to shift here. I need to shift my perspective or something internally, physically needs to change. Is it... Um, rage like I talked about is it exhaustion is it that irritability that shortness what are you experiencing right now I know for me my burnout um, manifests 100% in just how much capacity I have to hold space for myself and others how much I can sit with others emotions is a direct correlation with how much how resourced I am So, Sarah, you're saying exhausted, physically unwell, lack of joy, nothing more to give. Thank you. So, Meg, you're saying um, burnout with getting TB, 10 years. Yeah. So, you've got a real, like, biological barometer to, like, tell you when you've hit that point. I I know that feeling. I totally get it. Thank you. Yes, Sarah, lack of tolerance. Lauren, you're saying procrastination, indecisiveness, reduced confidence, emotional, uh, internal dialogue, panic attacks, beautifully, irritability and crying. Thank you, Wendy. So you can see the full spectrum of, of what we may term burnout. 
um, you're talking about um, anxiety, depression, talking about um, overthinking, but also paralysis. And then on the other extreme, just lack of motivation, lack of joy. And so really, if you weren't a mother and you went to the doctor's office and you said to them, I'm experiencing these things, if you weren't a mother, then there would be a really different response. But somehow in society, because we are mothers, these symptoms are just like, yeah, that's a normal part of motherhood. And my question is, is it normal? Like, is it normal that we hit those edges and then go beyond them and then go so far beyond them that we hit rock bottom? Like, it's not a conducive, resourced culture. It's a culture where we're being expected to keep going even when we've hit our limit. And I'm going to talk a lot about limits tonight. Um, and there's, I just recorded this beautiful interview with Nicole as part of the parenting program and she talks about boundaries being the outer expression of our inner limits. And I just so love that because it's not like this armour or this hard, like hardcore thing that we have to put in place that really it is just the practice of understanding our inner limits. And what I'm hearing from your descriptions is that we're really aware of those limits, right? Like we really have a have a either biological, physiological understanding of those limits or emotional. And yet we're, we're carrying on. <laughs> like it'll just be better tomorrow. Um, so I just want to park that there and just feel into does that seem like a sustainable approach to this? Because my personal understanding is that it's, it's just we can't keep borrowing, we can't keep going into deficit and borrowing um, energy and resources that we don't really own, that we haven't yet put into our bodies. And that culture of scarcity is something that really defines modern motherhood and it is 100% not your fault. So what I want you to do is on your pen and paper, I would really love you to write the word mother um, in the middle of the piece of paper and put a circle around mother and then just take some time and write all the associations you have with that word mother. So I want you to just brainstorm any associations, negative, positive, neutral, that you have with that word mother, like a full brain dump here when you hear that word mother. And I'm just going to give you some time to do that. And if there's anxiety or anything coming up, just know that it's really normal because we're challenging things that we've been taught and that feels scary. It kind of counters our biological programming to belong. So if you are feeling anxious, just wiggling your toes, taking a deep breath and then just continuing to write down all the associations you have with that word mother. What does that word mean to you? What are some of the words that you associate with it?
Just take one or two more moments to get as many words down as you can. I want you to keep asking yourself, what do I associate with this word mother? And then inviting you to just um, share if you feel comfortable in the comments. What came up for you then? Since we were talking about the word mother, what did you learn? What did you learn about what you believe a mother is from that? Did you have positive associations? Do you have negative associations? Yeah, Wendy, so your associations are a lot around giving. Yes, too many roles. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you for sharing because that's really helpful for me in understanding what I'm going to share some of the biggest beliefs and that really helps me to get a sense of within this group what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lauren, it's a lot. If you read a job description like that, you would um, you would probably not go for the job, right? It's a lot. Yeah, so what I'm seeing is that just seeing all the associations internally that you have with the word mother, it can feel overwhelming. And, yes, these ideas of sacrifice and service and selflessness. Yes, thanks, Meg, for sharing. It's not abstract at all. It just reflects where your psyche is at with this. Nurture and nourish and creative. Beautiful. I love those concepts. If they feel supportive to work with, I encourage you to work with those. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for sharing all of that. So I want to show you an image of um, this is a Le Croisette, um advertisement. So you'll see that it's just like happy families, right? And this bombardment of these images is what we see every single day over and over again repeated to infinity. Um, These subtle kind of ways of showing us the ideal of what motherhood should be. And I want you to reflect on the inputs that are in your life right now, some of the inputs that you're noticing may be causing discomfort or you don't really like seeing them, just inputs that are showing a fantasy that doesn't match your reality and reflect on whether those fantasies are supportive or not. I think there's so much to be said for just reducing the input. Someone said it earlier in the conversation that there is a huge part of burnout that derives from the identity crisis of who we are as mothers So we had an identity, we thought we maybe had it all stitched up and we understood it and then when we become mothers, the only identity that we can hang our hats on, particularly if we've had painful associations with our first family, is this identity, is the identity that's painted to us by society and that is the identity of the happy family, 
the working mum, the mum that can do it all and have social contacts and make beautiful lunch boxes and clean floors. And we use this image to kind of imprint ourselves with what the word mother should be because um, as you've all seen from doing that exercise, we have multiple meanings attached to it. And I think a massive part of moving beyond burnout is having the courage to define motherhood for yourselves and the courage to really know and trust your values and that fulfilling them through your family is enough. That actually knowing yourself as a woman, like identifying the type of mother that you want to be and letting go of the all the other expectations and socialised um, kind of stuff that we've internalised about motherhood, letting go of that and really having the courage in the age of so much choice to actually narrow our view and narrow our focus and get really clear on what it is that success does mean for us. Because one thing I know for sure is that using advertisements like this as the basis to build our life and our family's life on is creating such an enormous amount of repression, isolation, disconnection, such an enormous amount of expectation, which I believe is really at the heart of this burnout question. At the heart of this burnout question is the idea that we have to be everything that we have to fulfil all of those roles perfectly in order to be a good mum. And I think until I really understood that being a good mum doesn't mean making everyone happy and that making everyone happy had to come at the cost of my own worth and my own sense of self and my own nourishment, then that was like the biggest liberation was to realise and redefine motherhood as more along the terms of being a leader, of really having the courage to hold space rather than keeping everyone happy, really fostering and being steward for growth as opposed to letting my own needs come last so other people could be appeased. And I think whatever it is that this these words are sparking in you, I just want one thing to take away from tonight to be that it is possible to define success and to define that word mother according to what feels best for you and according to what really feels internally nourishing as opposed to the external gaze, as opposed to what you think you should be behaving like or you should be internalising or you should be doing. So I'm just going to stop the share there and I'm going to just let that sink in. And so just wondering if you did have to really narrow your focus around what success felt like as a mother, what would you like it to be? Is it that success feels like um, moments or pockets of pleasure? Is it that success feels like um, strong relationships that are able to work through conflict? Does success feel like um, time and space and white space to stretch out into? It doesn't matter what it is. We all have very different values of how we're going to express motherhood because motherhood is just 
one way that we're creatively expressing our soul. It's just one way we're doing it. So everyone's going to have a really different nuance to this, but I want you to think about what success feels like and the reason that you'll know when you've hit on something that feels really good is that it won't feel anxiety-inducing because all of those external things feel make us feel anxious and keep us in perpetual motion and keep us, like, busy because we're constantly looking for the validation that we've done the right thing, that what we're doing is enough. So just going to leave that there and, um, yeah, I'm just looking at your comments Lauren, thank you for sharing. So, yeah, you describe your children as an extension of yourself. You can feel their pain or joy and it's exhausting not having separation. I hear you. Yes, and you're finding the projection of the perfect mum from mothers themselves is the worst. So your mother said to you, your house is manic. I don't know how you do it. Yeah, of course it's chaotic. We have children and we can't control them. It's part of what's so difficult. So, Lauren, what you're describing there is is really at the heart of this in that women ourselves are sometimes the biggest carriers of patriarchal thinking. And patriarchal thinking is basically just a way to keep women um, powerless. And women ourselves, like we have internalised when someone told us you can't do that or you shouldn't do this or why do you think you could do that or we've heard all of these things, we've heard feedback and at one point in time we've internalised that feedback as something that we've done wrong. And over time we start to actually take on that perception and police other women and motherhood is like rife with this shit, right? Like it's like you cannot... You cannot, like, do anything right. And a lot of that is because we've internalised other people's wounds and taken them on as our own. And our mothers sometimes, unfortunately, can be that voice as well as other women. Wendy, thank you. Success feels like a deep connection with my kids. Yes. And I love that you define connection because getting over the fantasy of like the happy family, that connection can come from so many different things, that connection is not just being in absolute service or servitude, that connection sometimes can come from mummy needs to go and do something for myself and then sitting with the feelings that arise from that. But that actually can be a really healing connective experience for our kids that can come through us setting limits and through modelling self-care. And so I love that version of success and I can feel that you know what that feels like in an embodied sense. Yes, Sarah, success feels like time and space for myself to nourish your needs. Mm -hmm. I love that for you right now. Yeah, because you understand that the flow and effect of that, you've you've felt it and you've seen it. Mm Mm-hmm. Thank you for working with these. And I can see really strongly your own values being kind of prescribed through this. So my invitation is to get rid of all the words around your word mother that don't feel good and to focus on those ones that do and to really start to narrow the focus from needing to be and do everything to needing 
to be and do whatever your soul is most wanting to express and whatever feels most, I was going to say most important, but even that's quite subjective, Um, whatever feels activating and connective. Mm. Yeah, we're going to talk about guilt a little bit, Sarah, but also in the program um, there's there's a whole module on guilt. Marion Rose t- talks about it a lot. But my invitation with guilt coming up as we start to unpack some of this is to just be curious and compassionate with it. So I'm not telling you to get rid of the guilt, to not have mum guilt. We're all going to have it. It's been normalised and socialised. So really just starting with the language of I can see that you're feeling guilty. I can really hear that you feel guilty about wanting to spend time. I can feel that conflict because you really want to meet the needs of your kids. I can see that you really want to be there for them and you think that by being away from them that you're going to be letting them down. So that kind of language, we're not trying to avoid it or get rid of it. It's this language around I can see that's really hard and over time you start to develop this consciousness of, well, you don't need, doesn't need to be their needs or your needs. That binary doesn't help us. It's a flowing cycle of people's needs at which we are at the centre, especially in the early days. We are at the centre of it. And so really understanding that guilt is going to be there, it's been totally conditioned And can we just be compassionate with it and be curious about where it's come from? What are some of the underlying beliefs? Okay. So I want to share with you the four biggest reasons I think we're burning out. And I want you to listen closely and you may want to just put down your pen and close your eyes as I describe them and feel into which one feels most important for you because it's going to offer the basis of beginning to work with moving towards your version of success. So number one, I've already talked about it. We've been sold a story that motherhood looks a certain way and that external frame of reference becomes our internal frame of reference. We look to that to help us make decisions but because there is so much within that external frame, we feel overwhelmed. The way through that particular one, like I've already said, is to find yourself And any self-empowerment work that you do, any work you're doing, healing work, whatever, you're already doing that. You're already on the path to understanding who you are and therefore finding the courage to let go of all the versions of the mother you thought you would be or you wanted to be or you're projecting onto others and just accept the mother that you are. really helps us move beyond shoulds. So that's number one, the external fantasy of motherhood. And if that's part of your story, just noting it. Number two, the mismatch between our reality and the fantasy leads to a cycle of repression and shame. So I think an enormous amount of burnout comes from 
the understanding that we need to be repressing our needs, our desires and our feelings to keep everyone else happy. We can't rock the boat. So I really feel like an enormous amount of energy goes into repressing as a culture, as women, but as a culture and men as well, particularly they're burdened, saddled with another version of this. But really the biggest gift we can give ourselves is the beauty of listening, holding space for our own feelings without needing to focus on like if I listen to myself or if I really speak this truth, I'm going to have to follow through and change something. But is it possible just to be like, I'm feeling this. I'm feeling really tired. I'm feeling really exhausted. I'm feeling really ashamed that I yelled at my kids. I'm feeling really triggered by that other mum who has really clean floors. It's clearly my own thing, right? I really, like, struggle with letting my house be dirty. So the more that we can start to share this first and foremost with ourselves and be that safe place for ourselves, but then beyond that, so much creative energy is freed up because we're no longer... Um, holding the lid down on that pressure cooker, but we're also not needing to bypass and avoid it, which I find manifests in a lot of phone checking and a lot of like busy work and a lot of wanting to do chores. When that energy starts to come up, what I find is it's a really beautiful invitation to be like, whoa, there's something unprocessed here. There's some feeling. And depending on your family of origin and how feelings were dealt with in your family you're going to have developed a whole cache of like bypassing and avoidance strategies which is so human and so normal so as mothers I think it's so revolutionary to be like I'm just feeling really shit today I'm just feeling really sad feeling really tired doesn't mean that you're going to be that way forever but just um starting to release some of what needs to be released, I find, can actually free up a lot of energy and create less burnout. So the third um, part of that, and it's related because they're all related, of course, is that I feel like burnout is a really beautiful invitation to reconnect with others, but not just anyone. It's not about more and more friends and more things. It's really first and foremost connection with self. But then beyond that, um, burnout can be really the result of spending too much time with our young kids who cannot fill our emotional need for deep connection. They just cannot, whether you're introverted or extroverted, they cannot fill that for us. And so we really need different aspects of connection which allow different parts of us to be expressed and heard and seen and so what I'm really inviting you to do is to see what connection feels good and what um, how you can do that in a way that is not more or more pressure and the last and most important thing that I want to say about what causes burnout aside from um, you know these internalized stories about the perfect mother 
aside from the isolation, aside from the repression, the last thing that's really important to understand is that we live in a culture that vastly undervalues what we're doing. And so we're always going to be looking one eye peeled on our kids and the other eye peeled on the horizon, looking for someone somewhere to just validate us and say, I see what you're doing and it is so important and not important in a way that's going to breed like pressure or judgment or like you have to do it perfectly because that's not helpful. But just to see, I see every hour, every minute you're putting into those kids. I see how much work you're doing on yourself to be there for them. I see all of that and I really, truly value it. And I do. I really do value each one of you. I believe that if I look in this circle between us, we have 10, 11 kids, right? So in this circle, there's 16 of us. And you start to see how if we take care of ourselves and each other, well, we're actually impacting 16 people here on this call. And so it's really important. It's really valuable. Unfortunately, the culture is a patriarchal culture where women are undervalued and therefore anything that is seen as our domain, even though we can like literally birth life, which is the most profound, amazing thing in the world, we still don't think that's enough. We still don't value it. And so I think an enormous amount of burnout comes from the desire for validation the desire for someone, um, whether that's in our professional careers, whether that's in our friendships, like we're always scanning, whether that's Facebook or like looking for likes, we're always seeking someone to validate that this is important, that we're doing a good enough job. And I know without a shadow of a doubt that each one of you and myself, we are doing a good enough job. The very fact that you're here shows me that. So I wonder um, which one of those feels relevant to you. Is it around um, repression and holding space for feelings, do you think, is creating burnout? Is it around undervaluing what you're doing? Is it around um, the internalised idea of what the mother should be? Um, Let me say that the mother archetype in the collective has been grossly defiled. The mother archetype, yes, she's nurturing, the true one, but she's also fierce AF, right? She's fierce. She is like kind of got the warrior energy. Like she is not this selfless martyr. That's not the mother archetype in the true sense of the word. That's what society has created because, hey, when we're stuck in guilt and shame, and endless service and perpetual motion, we can't take up space. We can't call the BS out there. Like there are so many things that we don't have access to while we're fretting about how bad we are as mothers. And so it's really a rebellious act to start to do the inner work of questioning these roles that we've been prescribed and seeing whether they're supportive or whether they're really beginning to get restrictive and can we unpick some of those threads that we've learned to internalise and rebuild a new truth that feels empowering for us. Okay, so that's a lot of information. 
And I want you to just close your eyes for a minute and roll your neck around and take a really deep breath in and out through the mouth. Beautiful. Opening your eyes, coming back to the space. I just wanted to share that even though I was about to teach a workshop on burnout tonight, um, my, I took my nappy off my baby to put her in the bath. The other one was already in the bath. She had a lot of feelings and I didn't really want to deal with them tonight. And as I took the nappy off and picked her up, I didn't realise that she had like poo all over her bum. And so I got poo like all over my arm and down my body. And like there was a lot of F-bombs and like a little tantrum that I chucked. And so just reminding us of our, of our humanness within all of this and that it's not about perfection. And even if you've identified through what I've said something that you're like, oh, that's me, please don't let it be another thing that we beat ourselves over the head up with. This is like learned, socialised stuff. People are trying to make us feel this way to sell us things. So, yeah, just sharing the humanness. Thanks, Lauren. All the points are resonating with your burnout. Wendy, feeling into the repression. Yes. And the peacekeeper. Mm -hmm. So the peacekeeper, she really loves um, when everyone's happy and doesn't so much like when there's a little bit of conflict because it might trigger um, your own emotions. And so I love that you've got that clarity on how that's manifesting and um, such a simple way to start to hold space for your own emotions may start to shift that. Yeah, beautiful. And Meg, you're saying same for you. And Sarah, you're saying the um, externalised idea as well as repressing. Beautiful. Okay, I love this group. Thank you. I'm enjoying this so much. Um, let me check back in with where we're at. I see you, Lauren. I'm just going to check this. Okay, yeah. So the last thing I want to say about all of that is... Can you see how all of those things that I've talked about are actually just different versions of one big wound? And that one big wound is that we're insufficient, that we're not enough, that we don't have the tools to do this, that I can't do this, that I don't have enough energy. It's all related to scarcity. So we're mothering in a way that is already starting from a scarcity point, is in we in ourselves feel scarcity. So our mothering is going to manifest in that scarcity field. And so, of course, within the field of scarcity, we're going to want to go beyond our limits because actually there's some part of us that feels a little bit good about like being completely empty and having nothing left in the tank. I totally, I totally do it all the time, sabotage myself by like I have a bit of energy, I get a really good night's sleep and then I just burn through it like, a, like you know, when I was a kid at the Pizza Hut um, ice cream fountain, like I just burn through it. So we really kind of like operating in scarcity because it feels like what we know and what we know as women is scarcity because our culture wants us to buy things and so our culture is telling us that we're not enough. And so really 
I can't highlight enough how revolutionary it is to start to do the work around self-worth, self-esteem, self-sufficiency, and that our mothering as the expression of that completely changes. We don't need to dip into scarcity. We don't need to burn ourselves out because our internal system is emitting a frequency of sufficiency, of enoughness. And that changes the whole game. It changes completely everything. But it also changes the world that we're living in. And this is where I really want to highlight that what you're doing as parents is social change. You are building the next generation. You are creating it. You are influencing it. They are using your language. And so we don't need to do anything beyond what we're doing to be enough, to be social um, change makers, to be social leaders. Being a mother is the literal definition of it. And if we can take a pause take some time to get out of scarcity, not only do we become people and parents that consume less, we really question how much we have to work, we're changing work culture, we're changing gender norms, we're influencing the next generation of change makers. Like there are so many things that come from our own empowerment that I really want to highlight to you is enough. You're doing enough. It is enough. You don't need to go beyond it. And it's really, really important that as mothers we're resourced so that the next generation of mothers doesn't feel like this. You know, the only way they're not going to feel like this is if we learn how to do it. Um, And so we're clearing a lot of energy back through our ancestry and then forward as well by doing this work. If scarcity resonates with you, send me a holler in the chat because that word is like my um, modus operandi. It has been at least before. So I'm really starting to work with sufficiency and to feel that and feel the difference. Yeah, thanks, Sarah. Lauren, I'm just reading what you've said. So the deep connection is interesting because I feel like I'm pushing people away and not having those deep connections because I'm going through change in self and I'm not sure how to be more authentic with people who are closest friends. Yeah, I hear you. Mm, I so resonate with that. I wonder whether that's just self-protection and it's actually beautiful and wise. Like I wonder whether there's no problem there. It's, it's more that right now you're in an internal season and cycle of needing to be with self and work on that um, holding space and learning who you are. And then naturally we go into cycles of wanting to be more external. So I had a huge weekend with people all weekend. I had circles and trainings and friends staying and all the things. And then this week I've just been totally like inward. And something I teach in the school, Sarah knows, is that we're really just leaning into our, the truth of our cyclical nature and how by doing so as mothers we really can liberate ourselves of the BS that we have to be like robots the same every single day. Our kids aren't the same every single day. What would we need to be? So thank you for sharing. I really, really honour that, and um, and hear the need of the need for deep connection with self within that. Okay, thank you, everyone. We're nearly out of time. 
I want to give you a chance to ask any questions and we can workshop here together. This is a completely safe space for you to do so and I will do my best noting that I totally don't have the answers but I have um, a really safe place to hold whatever's going on for you and just to reflect what I hear in sharing. So while you're typing away um, in the chat box any questions that you have, I'm, um, I've just lost my thing that I had up. There we go. Um, I want to share with you a bit more about the program. Um, and I want to share it with you completely with no obligation that any of you will be part of it. And each of you, I really believe, is going to get exactly what you need from this call. And you are enough. You don't need any more work than what you're already doing or how you're already showing up. But I put together this program first and foremost for myself. <laughs> I have to say that from recording the interviews, with the guest mentors, my approach to parenting has radically changed even more so. And my, re my reaction, my um, response to myself and my feelings has really, really changed. So basically the program's an eight-week um, immersion and it's literally just weekly emails with audio files for you to listen to while you're walking or driving or even with the kids. Um, and the audios have just been designed to shift some of the internalised ideas you have about parenting that are causing burnout. So we're going to be focusing on slowing down, nourishing and learning about our values. We're going to redefine the village and talk about deep connection. And then in the last module, we're going to broaden that out to, well, now we can really nourish ourselves as mothers and we see the value in what we're doing. So how can we apply that to the way that we're caring for the earth, caring for our children, caring for our relationships, and really expanding that vision out um, to be more one of social change? Because... My whole jam is I want to connect the inner empowerment work that you're doing with the biggest stuff going on in the world. I want you to see that it matters, that it's really important um, and that it means something. So it's not just about doing endless work on ourselves for no end, that it's really part of a big collective shift as mothers and as women that we're undertaking in the world right now. And again, it's not about pressure. It's about you seeing the magnificence that you are and the potential that you have and how you are already affecting change in so many ways. I've brought on all these amazing women to share their wisdom. So there's going to be four masterclasses like this, but audio versions, and they're going to be shorter. And then there's going to be six guest mentor conversations with Brooke McCallery, Marion Rose, Segunda Chapman, Christina Rochelle, Amy Taylor-Kabatz and Nicole Perry, who are both all parenting experts or they're slow living experts or they're um, motherhood and entrepreneur specialists or they are um, like Nicole is a counsellor. So that is my invitation. We're going to kick off next Tuesday with the first email and the first audio. And there's also an option to um, receive one-on-one -on -one support with me. 
Um, anyone that enrols in the school is going to have access to monthly um, circles from now on online. And that's just totally free that you'll get as part of this. But equally, this is kind of an internal process um, about finding who you are, finding your mother expression and really good idea to get some one-on-one support. But if you feel like you've got that support, you can just get the audios delivered to your inbox every week. That is my invitation. Totally no obligation. Thank you for holding space while I shared that. And now I'm going to check whether there's any questions. All the info on that you can find on my website, makeberryman.com, by the way. So, Sarah, thank you. So, I find it difficult to express my pure emotions without laying blame or making other feels, others feel horrible. Thank you for holding that. Such a good point. So, really externalising discomfort is just a, a little reminder, like invitation, that um, you still don't feel safe holding it for yourself. So anytime we try and project our discomfort onto someone else, a.k.a. our partner, a.k.a. I do it all the time, we've got this new thing in our house of how quick you can come back and take responsibility and be like, mm, you know that thing I just said was really mean? Actually, this is what's going on for me. This is what I'm feeling and this is what I really need. And so the more that you practice being able to have your own back with those emotions, the less the need to project it onto others because anger, anger as an expression or blaming or externalising is just fear, right? It's just fear about having an emotion. And I know from you, Sarah, a little bit about you, so I know that that makes total sense in the context of how you grew up. When there's ever any um, aspect of punishment and rewards at play within your first family, you're going to probably find it difficult to um, change that paradigm without um, doing that kind of self-compassion, that support. And Marion Roseway interviewed has such a beautiful process for that, leaning into that. But thank you for sharing that because it's such a good, such a good one. All of this is just to say that whatever's going on, it's nothing wrong, nothing to be ashamed of. Um, You're not doing anything that needs fixing. It's all just an invitation to be curious. If you're all on this call, I suspect that there is something within you that wants to grow beyond the limitations of how you viewed parenting in the past. And I really, I really honour that, that curiosity and that growth mindset because that is like everything. That's all that we want our kids to be is just curious and, and um, willing to grow and understand and unpack some of what we have come to learn that is no longer serving us. So thank you, um, each of you, for being here. I'm just noticing your comment, Lauren and Wendy, So let me stay a couple of minutes more because I want to close this space properly. So Lauren, you're saying appreciate your comment about perhaps you need some self-protection. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. I feel differently in my body given permission to not need to have to have conversations. Yes, totally, Lauren. And what I know about you from what you've shared with me is that that makes a lot of sense because you're processing stuff right now. And so being so gentle with that. 
that you do have no obligation to show up for others because that's just the same beating ourselves with the like wanting to be of service stick, right? If you don't want to be there, like it's no, the other person doesn't want you to be there if you don't want to be there. And so really trusting that you're going through a big unlearning and a big clearing and a big processing of stuff right now and I'm really holding that space for you. And thank you for being here and sharing. Yes, Wendy, thank you for sharing. So I find it hard to ask for help even with my husband. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Asking for help is really difficult. <laughs> it's really difficult. I wonder, Wendy, tell me about what you are afraid of. So it's nothing really to do with your husband, but I want you to, to get clear on if I ask for help, then what are you making that mean? What are you making that help mean? Or maybe someone else could jump in. What have you made it mean about when you ask for help? Because for me, yes, 100%. Thank you for holding that. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> everyone's chiming in. Of course we don't want to ask for help because we've got ourselves on a knife edge and we can't, we're policing ourselves because we've learned punishment and reward, not self-compassion. So we're policing ourselves in, shit, I don't want to fall off the edge of that. I really don't want to be perceived as not having it together or not weak because I haven't yet acknowledge that I'm human and I haven't yet felt all those feelings of um, shame or a perceived failure or, you know, feeling those feelings is totally safe. It doesn't mean that it's true. It just means that that's how you feel. So when someone else, uh, like I've got a really big trigger around people being like, oh, you look so tired because growing up I was shamed for being tired. I was shamed for being uh, lazy so when anyone says that to me, it's like a really beautiful invitation to, wow, I have a strong response to that. What's going on for me? Yeah. And just to reiterate that, like, we all have moments of not being able to handle motherhood, but that doesn't mean anything. It just means that we have moments, that we're human, <laughs> that our kids can be really full on and that they're pushing us beyond our comfort beyond all the learned ways of avoiding our feelings, they're pushing us to go there. And so it can be really uncomfortable. And, of course, it's okay not to be able to handle it sometimes. Okay, I'm going to wrap this up. But I just thank each of you for being here, for staying till the end, um, really just honouring your own journeys and hoping to connect with you soon, either in the course or elsewhere. In the meantime, let's all just close down our eyes now. And I'm just going to ask you to just shake out your hands. So we're shaking out any of the accumulated energy or stuff that's come up during this conversation. And you're just shaking it out until you feel like a little bit of a sigh or a release. Beautiful. And then again, just taking your arms out to your side and rolling your wrists. We're just opening back up the heart space. And then taking your hands down by your side. I want you to, within your body, call in a felt sense of enoughness. I want you to feel in your body, even if it's the tiniest little spark, 
find a tiny spark of sufficiency of, yeah, I'm doing okay. I'm enough in this moment. This is enough. I've listened to this call, that's enough. Can you find a tiny spark of enoughness? And let it start to expand into your heart like a beautiful white glow that's starting like a tiny crystal and starting to expand a beautiful white light into your chest on the inhale. And as you exhale, letting that white light just start to fill your whole body and yourselves with this feeling of enough. I am worthy. I am valuable. I'm enough. Finding that inner sense of value, just being here, just for being alive. It's not about, it's not going to be found in how good a job you do as a mom or how much you show up to work or how much you give to others. You're never going to find that inner value unless you've found it within yourself first. It's not going to be given to you by anyone else. So feeling that white light expanding right down into your torso and then down into your womb space. Feeling enough there and your whole torso now white and active. And I want you to start to bring into your mind like a whole movie reel of all the hours and the time and the love that you have poured into this journey of motherhood seeing the tiny little things you think about and do and all the ways that you have shown up, all the ways that you are showing up, even though it's painful right now. Getting a felt sense of all the things that are going right, that you're doing right and letting that expand to fill your body because my whole ethos is that there is nothing wrong absolutely nothing wrong with you, that this is just an invitation to grow and that you are doing such a great job and let's amplify that. Let's amplify that rather than focusing on the scarcity. And now just opening your heart space to feel the connection with your other sisters on the call and thanking them, giving them gratitude for showing up, being rebellious, being curious, and collectively, as six of us, can we send this loving energy out to other mothers who need to feel enough right now? That we've worked really hard for over an hour on cultivating this energy, and can we send it out and give it to those who really, really need it tonight? Can we hold this energy? Can we be the holders of this energy and see how we can transform others' lives just by finding it in ourselves? Everyone taking a deep inhale through the nose. Exhale out the mouth. Thank you, each and every one of you. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Wendy. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Meg. Thank you, Lauren. And I hope you have a beautiful evening and I will chat to you all again soon. Good night. Good night.